Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Hallelujah. We welcome everyone this morning to Christ Center Church. So glad to have everyone joining us in worship this morning. So glad to have our online viewers. So glad to have everyone in the sanctuary this morning. You're truly being a blessing to us. We truly are happy that you're a part of our congregation. We're truly happy that you're a part of our service. We welcome our visitors, our first-time visitors, our visitors online. We welcome everyone this morning to Christ Center Church. Feel free to worship the Lord wherever you are this morning. If you're in your bedroom, if you're in your dining room, or if you're on the outside, just tune in to us this morning. We're going to be live and God is going to have his way in our service this morning. Amen. We're going to invite you to stand with us as we get right into our service. If you can stand or if you can just give God a few seconds of your time this morning just to praise him and just to worship him for his blessings, for his goodness and his mercy. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, one more time for being in your presence, Lord. Lord God, to worship you in spirit and in truth, Lord God. As we gather together in your presence this morning, Lord God, we ask you, Lord God, that you may forgive us for every sins, O God. As we gather together in your presence to worship you, Lord God, we ask you to touch our hearts this morning, touch our minds this morning, O God. Help us to be in one accord this morning, O God. I pray, Lord God, for a mighty move like never before, Lord God, upon our service this morning, Lord God, that you will touch every person. Lord God, those that are sick in body, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, the healing virtue of God will touch them this morning. Father God, as we pray this morning, Lord God, we ask you, Lord God, you will touch those that are sick this morning. Father God, as we pray, we pray for Kimberly's son, Michael, this morning, oh God. I pray and ask you, Lord God, that you will touch his body, oh God, that you will heal him, Lord God, that you will touch him from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet, Lord God, this morning. Father God, as we pray this morning, we we pray, Lord God, for Pastor Evanston that you will touch him, Lord God. Give him a speedy recovery, Lord God. Touch him from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, for those that are among us today, Lord God. Those who are not well in their body, that you will touch them and help them to be whole, Lord God. Those who are watching us via internet, Lord God, I pray that you will touch them this morning, Lord God, from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet, Lord God. Let your spirit move upon us, Lord God. We we ask you, Lord God, for a complete turnaround, oh God. We ask you, Lord God, for a complete healing this morning in the name of Jesus. For you say, whatever we ask, believe in the name, it shall be done. And oh God, as we give you all the glory, Lord God, as we give you all the honor, as we thank you, Lord God, in advance for what you're about to do in this place, we ask your will to be done. Have your way this morning among us. Touch our praise singers, oh God. Bless every aspect of the service, God. Move upon us individually and collectively, Lord God, as we glorify your name, Lord God, as we magnify your name, oh God, as we lift up your name, oh God, for there is none other name given on heaven among men whereby we must be saved, and that's through the name of Jesus. You are the one that died for us. You are the one that is coming back for us, and you are the one that we adore and worship this morning. Have your way among us this morning, as we give you all the glory, as we give you all the honor, in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give the Lord a round of applause this morning as we continue to worship Him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on and clap your hands this morning. 
Glory to your name, Jesus. This is the day that you have made. We're going to rejoice and we're going to be glad in it. Hallelujah. Yay. Lord have me. I will rejoice and be glad in it. 
Come on, if you know this is a day that he has made, come on and clap your hands for Jesus. This is the day that he has made. Clap your hands for Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, you have entered his gate. And I know you didn't enter just regular, but you entered with thanksgiving in your heart. Thank you, Lord, for giving me another day. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Bless your name, God.
say thank you Jesus what a wonderful savior he can never fail us he cannot fail failure is not even in him and so we thank God this morning for being so good for being who he is praise singers thank you so very much you did wonderfully we're blessed by you worshiping the Lord in songs welcome to our 10:30 a.m service here at Christ in a church. We're so glad you can be with us. You can join us. I'm excited for the things that the Lord is doing. We had a powerful move of God at our 9 a.m. service, and God is just doing some wonderful things, and so we thank God for that. You may be seated. Amen. Um, we're going to take our offering in just a moment, and uh, we'll hear from the Lord uh, right after the songs, but we thank God for his goodness. You know, I'm just uh, I, I'm looking at how um, the coronavirus is still moving throughout our nation, and um, it's a tough situation. We've lost a lot of people this year. We've lost a lot of people, and that is just is tough. I even I spoke to someone this morning, a good friend of mine, a coworker of mine, and um, he lost his dad in Jamaica, and he went to Jamaica about a week ago. And um, he sent me a picture this morning. He was by the beach. You know, Ricardo got to mess with me. So he sent the picture. He was by the beach in Jamaica. And he was just saying how everything is just so wonderful. Aside from him losing his dad. And, you know, it's just so tough. He was just trying to do his best to, you know, um, get himself going again. And so he went to the beach this morning. So... Pray for the uh, McCourty family, Ricardo McCourty. Um, they lost. They have a loss, and so we want to pray their strength. But so many people have lost relatives and friends, and man, it's been a tough year. Someone said yesterday, uh, Friday, yeah, yes, Friday, I went to, uh, to one of uh, the restaurants that I frequent, and they were saying. Um, um, one of the owners told me that there's one of those movie Back to the Future movies. I don't know if it's the first one or the second one, but one of the Back to the Future movies, they made a statement in that movie to just black out 2020. Now, back, if you know anything about Back to the Future movie, it was a while back. And in that movie, one of those movies, I, I, I have never seen it, they said, yeah, we just block out 2020. 
And I feel the same way about 2020 so far. For what we've experienced, you just wanted 2020 to go away and start over. Oh, my Lord, help us, Jesus. But God is on the throne, and salvation is still being offered to mankind. And the Bible says, you know, uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. And if we will just take the invitation of his salvation to be saved, then when we leave here, we will be better off than even when we're here and living our lives. And so God is always extending the invitation for us to come in relationship with him and to enjoy his presence. And so we thank God for that. But don't take for granted the opportunity to be saved, to give your life to Christ. Don't take that uh, for granted. God wants to save us. God wants to work in our lives. And so death will not have any power over us when we live for Christ. Amen. So let's make sure we keep that in mind. Somebody say it's offering time. Amen. Offering in your hand. Amen. I'm ready to give and just be a blessing um, to the kingdom of God. If you want to be a blessing to the kingdom of God, we want you to get your offering out. Remember what we've been talking about. We've been telling you that we, um, we, we saw some property that will just work just perfectly for us. And, yeah, it, will, it would just be just wonderful if we can get that property because then we wouldn't have to have two services and all the things that we want to do for God, we can do it. But the property costs $1.7 million. And so we need somebody to write a check for us for $1.7 million. I believe God will touch somebody's heart that they will want to partner with the Lord and invest in his kingdom and write a check for $1.7 million. What I do know is the person that write that check for $1.7 million, the person that write that check, they will be so blessed. Their family will be so blessed. You would be amazed at that. So spread the word. Write a check. We want a check for $1.7 million. As a matter of fact, I would even prove to the individual who is spending the money that if you want, you can keep that check and just make it out to the people who own the property right now on behalf of Christ Center Church. We don't, you don't even have to make the deposit into our bank account. You can just have the check, and then when you show up at the closing, you just write the check. $1.7 million signed it to whoever the owners are, and boom, there you go. So um, we, just, we just want to do God's work without financial constraints. I don't want financially to burden us. Oh, you need to give. We need. Ah, I'm not into that. I'm into doing God's will and let our focus be on people touching lives and saving souls and building up uh, the kingdom of God. That's what I'm about. And I don't want financial things to get in the way. So we just need one point seven million and financial stuff will not get in the way. Amen. But in the time being, say, God. I'm going to give and I'm going to be obedient to your word that I can be blessed. My family can be blessed and the kingdom of God will increase because I've participated in my giving. So get your offering in your hand. Let's stand together. If you can stand, stand with me and we will give unto the Lord this morning. Remember, you can give in um, many different ways. You can give by our website, ChristCenteredOnline.com, ChristCenteredOnline.com, and you can click on the link to give. You also can give by PayPal, Christ Center Church. You can find us there. You can give by Cash App. So if you have Cash App, you can find Christ Center Church on Cash App. You can give that way. Also, for some of you that are familiar, you can reach out to Sister Patrice. You can text her, reach out to her in some way, and you can give um, with her using the square uh, to, for you to give if you want to use your debit card or credit card. Also, you can mail 
uh, offering in or your tides in at 22 Concord Avenue, Hamilton, New Jersey, 08619. Make the uh, mailing out to Christ Center Church. I believe those are the ways that you can give. So please give. We want you to be blessed. As you always hear me say, I don't want you to be blessed spiritually and not be blessed financially. And what you have to do financially to be blessed is to obey God's word and God will bless you. Amen. So glad to join to have everyone join us this morning that are here and those of you that have joined us um, via live stream. Um, I forgot to bring my paper um, that tells us uh, where everyone has joined us from. We have people that have joined us from the Philippines, people that have joined us from Australia. People, obviously, we know Jamaica, we know Canada, we know uh, Florida, we know New York. Um, where else? Nigeria, Ghana. Um, so we have people that have joined us from just so many different places in the world, tune into our service and are streaming live. And even when the service is over, they will view it on the podcast. And so we're grateful to God for that, that God has allowed us to influence and in spreading the gospel because that's what it's about. I hope we are doing everything we can to preach the gospel, teach the gospel. And so we're grateful and we welcome all of you from around the world that have joined us. Amen. Stay tuned. We had a great service this morning. We're looking forward to what God will do for the remainder of this service. So give that you can be blessed. Amen. Sister Arabia, we should have had your husband's um, baptism certificate um, last week. We have it this week, but we're not giving it to you. We want to give it to Larry. So, so I think uh, he's probably working this week, right? So n- next week, make sure you tell him I have a certificate and I for- we forgot to give it to him last week. So we'll give it to him next week. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray for our offering. Father, we love you. Thank you for health and strength and for your blessing, for family, for bringing us together. Lord, I love the family of God. I love your people. And I thank you, Lord, for loving us. Now, Lord, we come faithfully we come cheerfully to give our tithes and our offering unto you and we want you to receive it and do whatever you want to do with it lord god bless us lord god and give back unto us as you see fit open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that we will not have room enough to receive we pray these things in jesus name somebody say in jesus name Amen. Remember, baskets are around. We're trying to keep it safe so you don't have to walk around. So basket here, basket there, basket in the middle. And Brother Henry, have a basket. Make sure you give this morning so you can experience financial blessing. Amen.
your Bibles and turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. We'll go to verse number one. Amen. Thank you again. Praise and worship team. You all have been fantastic in the 9 a.m. service and again in this 1030 a.m. service. We appreciate your commitment and faithfulness unto the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. You've been a great a wonderful blessing to the kingdom of God. I uh, can't say enough about those of you that are just doing everything you can to fulfill God's purpose for mankind. Those of you that are in the parking lot, you know, I will always tell you how much I appreciate you and love you and know that what you're doing, um, we couldn't get to do everything that we do in this church without you. And um, that's great. But boy, oh boy what Jesus sees, and how Jesus thinks of you, the way you serve him with all your heart. Your reward certainly is in heaven. So I thank all of you that are in the parking lot. It's hot. Um, you know, by the time I saw you this morning, you come and you lift up these signs and put them where they got to go. Appreciate you so very much. Thank you. Um, the nurses, um, as the young people like to say, they're killing it. I mean, they're there. I mean, thermometers was acting up Thursday. Sunday morning, they had new thermometers, and they're on it. Sister Scarlett came out this morning, took my temperature, got me going, and she had to run in and then start praising worship. And just everybody, I see what you're doing. And, man, um, Sister Patrice, um, I, 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 I pray that everybody will have the same passion or greater that Sister Patrice had for audiovisual. I'm telling you. You have no clue. Some days she come home from work and she just goes straight to it, just trying to figure out how it works best. And then, as you know, Brother Scarlett, he is a minister in this church. Um, he has a business that he has to run. And he's just all over the place doing everything that he got to do to help us out in every way that he can. And he usually works closely with Sister Patrice to get things done. And so what they've been able to do, uh, to get us, all of you that are listening um, or viewing or a part of our service uh, via live stream, um, Brother Scarlett, Sister Patrice, they have put in a whole lot of work, because the old time say yeoman work, to make sure that you all get a, um, a, a great opportunity to be a part of the service. And so we thank God for them. And all of you that serve the Lord, thank you so much. Brother Rayon, Sister Patrice, uh, Sister Hadia. Um, all of you, all the names that I've called, Brother Henry, just a soldier, just keep it down. You know, he quietly gets everything done. I appreciate all of you. I really do. And I thank you so very much for your hard work, commitment, and dedication to the Lord. I was just thinking, Brother Darrell, I miss you. <laughs> I miss Brother Darrell. And, um, and trust me, don't take this as any kind of um, influence um, for you to be here because I respect every every person's um, decision um, to be safe. And so only you know your conditions and your situations. 
And so whatever you have to do to be safe, I want you to do what you have to do to be safe. And so that's safety first. And so whatever you have to do to be safe, I respect it and I stand with you on that. But it doesn't mean that I don't miss you. (laughs) And so I miss Brother Daryl. I miss Sister Cheryl. I miss so many of you. Um, But I'm glad that we can still get together when we um, are together through via live stream. So I miss all of you. Love you. And um, can't wait for the day when we all can get back together and then hug and shake hands and, you know, just be normal again. Uh, We look forward to that day. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number one. Amen. Hallelujah. We have a guest with us this morning and we want to acknowledge her. I feel like I know her. I hear so much about her. Her name get called in my house. I don't know. And so between Sister Sylvia, um, between um, my wife and Sister Patrice and my cousin, I see why. (laughs) Chandra, Janet is my cousin. That's my wife, as you know. Patrice is my daughter. And Sylvia is like family. So think about that. They are all connected to me. So I hear about you all the time. I just want you to know I'm glad that you can be here this morning, and we appreciate you coming. God bless you. God bless you. If there's anything at all we can do, please don't hesitate. We will do whatever we can to help you to know Christ and to be a blessing to you. Thank you for coming this morning, being here with us at Christ-Centered Church. Amen. Thank you. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number one, the word of the Lord says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. That's in the King James Version. Let me read the NIV Version, the same portions of scriptures. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Go back to the King James Version, verse number three. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Verse 4, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. So let's pause right there and think about what the scripture just, just said. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. So don't hate on your brother's. Don't hate on your sisters when they're experiencing the favor of God because it might just mean by faith they offered unto God what you didn't. Don't hate on them. Just understand that faith is the currency that that, that we use to interact with our Lord. And so if your brother or your sister offer up a more excellent sacrifice than you unto the Lord, 
he or she is probably going to experience favors you're not experiencing. Let me slide this in. Sometimes people come to church and they say, look at the pastor. He's got this. He's got that. Not Brother Sam, because Brother Sam, Brother Sam, Brother Sam told me the other day, man, buy whatever car you want. Because I told him the other day, I said, the pastor can't just buy any kind of car because they're going to talk about the pastor. He said, man, you crazy. I know you. Buy whatever you want. My son always tell me that, but I still can't do it. But anyway, I'm making a point here. And the point I'm making is people go to church and they see the blessings of God upon the pastor and maybe even some of the other saints of God. And they start saying what they do with the money in that church. Have you stopped to think that maybe they're offering up a greater sacrifice than you? And so they're experiencing an overflow of God's blessing. And that is why. And if you will do the same, you will experience the same. (laughs) By which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts and by it he being dead yet speak it. Verse 5. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Faith executed, demonstrated, exercised, pleases God. That's why the favor flows. Look at six. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, that's important. Because if without faith, I can't please the Lord, then I better have faith. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. Of them that diligently seek him. Jesus, will you speak to our hearts? I know you've already spoken to us by your word. Will you anoint me and use me as your instrument, your conduit, to speak as your oracle, to convey what thus saith the Lord? Will you anoint me, Lord? And I pray that you'll touch the hearing of every person that is listening, that is a part of of this service this morning, that their life will never be the same, that they will be drawn closer to you, experiencing the deep things of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. If it is impossible to please God without faith, then it's safe to say we all need faith. Uh Uh-huh. Faith oftentimes is not properly understood. It is even often misused, because if you don't understand it, you're going to misuse it. Mm -hmm. However, since it is so important for us to have faith, we must come to know what faith really is so we can utilize faith correctly. In Romans chapter 10, verse number 17, the scripture says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. 
Faith will come to you. You don't have to go to it. Faith will be revealed to you. You don't have to go and get faith. Faith will come to you for God will see to it. If, if it's impossible to please God without faith, then the bottom line is this. We need faith to please God. But God is so gracious. God is so kind. And God loves us so very much that he will make it his business that every one of us have the opportunity to receive faith. Now, whether you receive it or not is a different story. But it is God's business that every person walking this earth have the opportunity to receive faith. It's his business. He won't leave you out. You will be certain to have the opportunity to receive faith. My God, I'm preaching to somebody here this morning. Because right now I'm already, I'm already sensing in my spirit how God is so kind, how God is so faithful, how God is so giving, and, and, and God wants every one of us to have faith. Every one of us in this room, outside of this room, in our world, will have the opportunity to have faith. Remember what I told you. This is a revelation from the Lord. Revelation from the Lord. The children of Israel were enslaved in Egypt for a long time. And the Lord allowed it. He allowed it. Remember what I said. God is all powerful. That's the Bible. We know that. So why would he allow his people to be enslaved by some other people? You want me to tell you why? Because those other people would never have the opportunity to get faith. Those people would have never had the opportunity to receive faith. And so when they decide they wanted to enslave God's children, God says, I'm going to allow this. Because through this, the people who would not have the opportunity to have faith, I'm going to give them that opportunity. You'll understand what I'm saying as I move right along here. In John chapter 1, before we get to John chapter 1, I told you that you don't have to go get faith. Faith will come to you. (laughs) You will not receive faith by smelling. You will not receive faith By tasting. You will not receive faith. By touching or seeing. You will receive faith. By hearing. But don't miss the point. Faith. Will come to you. Let me show you how bad God is. And what I'm telling you. Is all connected. The Bible says. In John chapter 1, verse number 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So it's safe to say in the beginning, 
The word exists. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But guess what? In verse 14, the Bible says, and the word was manifested. Faith came to us. <laughs> faith came to us. It's one way of how faith will come to you. 1 Timothy 3.16 describes faith to us. It's a description of faith. I'll get you to the real definition of faith. I'm getting you there, but I'm building it. Verse 16 says, and without controversy. We, we can't debate about this. Without controversy. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. That's a description of faith. All right. Let me give you some more description of faith. Acts chapter 2 verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God had made that same Jesus whom ye crucified or whom ye have crucified, both Lord, Jehovah, meaning almighty God, and Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, man. So verse 36, Acts chapter 2, verse 36 is telling us in verse 36 that Peter preached to let them know the man you crucified, that man is the almighty God. He came in the flesh. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh. That man you crucified is God almighty. That God you could not see before that time. But he decided long ago before he created anything that he would be seen one day. So he existed as spirit always, but there was a time that was coming that he says, I'm going to manifest myself so you can see me. I've shown you characteristics of who I am, the way I've done things, but now I will come in person so you can meet me and see me and know who I am. So God became man. That's the single greatest, I don't know if idea is the right word to use, the single greatest plan among mankind regarding any other beliefs is that the Almighty One, the powerful one, the creator that created, the one that and breathed into man's nostril and they became a living soul. The one who sustained life today. The one who's all-knowing. He knows everything all at once. The one who knows your thoughts before you even know your thoughts. The one who is all-powerful. That one. He became man and never ceased to be God while he was man. Nobody can duplicate that. It can't be duplicated. It cannot be duplicated. That's what make him almighty, sovereign, 
And nobody else can claim that because nobody else can do that. He's always going to separate himself from all others. He's the almighty God. And he manifests himself in flesh so we can know him, so we can see who he is, so we can understand and watch his character and see him live out his life so we would know how to live out our life. Now listen to me. You heard what I just said to you? The word of God I just spoke to you. If you heard it, you received faith. Faith is not you believe. You hear me say it all the time in this church, and I will continue to say it. That if you think faith means you believe, you misunderstand what faith is. Because you have believed God for some things that God never did. Because it was your belief. It wasn't what God wanted. So did that make, did that say that you didn't have faith because you believe God for something that God said? Nope. Because if that's true, then a lot of us don't have faith. If, if believing God is faith, a lot of us don't have it. Because I can guarantee you probably all of us in this room have believed God for something that he never did. Does that mean we don't have faith? Faith is having the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is, that he is God almighty and man at the same time. He's not divided. He's still the same. Knowing that he first exists as a spirit, then he manifests himself as man, the man Christ Jesus. If you hear what I've just said, you receive faith. Faith is to know Jesus Christ. Remember that you can't know something that's false or you can't know something that's a lie. You can believe something that's false and you can believe a lie. How many times people lied to us and we believed it? How many times something is false? Just like the lie. And we believed it. So you can believe a lie. You can believe something that's false. But you cannot know it. Because it really doesn't exist. You can't know something that don't exist. A lie don't exist. It's a lie. It's something that we're saying exists that don't exist. Falsehood don't exist. It's something we're saying exists that don't exist. But truth. Jesus is the way. Truth is Jesus. Truth exists, which means you can know truth. You can know truth. Because it exists. And so to have faith means we know who Jesus is. That is so important. I just told you it's the single greatest plan or idea in religion that cannot be duplicated. Because if you know that, oh my goodness, Sam, there's nothing that will stop you from keep serving God. 
There's nothing that should stop you for, from living for God. Because when you understand that God existed, Stacy, as a spirit, you couldn't see him. But he was doing great things, parting Red Seas. He was, he, he was commanding dry bones to live. He was commanding people that are dead to be raised up and be breath come back in their body. He was doing miraculous things and you couldn't see him. And then he says, I did it. And for you that might not have believed that I did it because you didn't see me, I'm going to come live and in color and let you see it and see me. If he can do that, first of all, how does a spirit becomes a physical person? Through the Virgin Mary process, the process of the merge. How did that happen? I can't explain all that to you because nobody can explain all that to you. Now, remember, I told you I tried to use my real intellect and, and told you that in order for a boy baby to be born, we know that it takes a Y and an X chromosome to make sure a boy baby is born, but for a girl baby, it's two X chromosomes. So in order for Jesus to be born and assure that he was a man, we said the spirit became Y chromosome. And meet up with Mary's X chromosome. And birth the baby boy Jesus, who is almighty God. That is very difficult to have the total understanding of that. But here is what I want you to think about. Don't get lost. When you know that, that makes you say, I'm going to serve that God. That's what that's what it's about. John, that makes you say, I got to know him and serve him, because if he can do that, what can he do? And so all the things I read about that he did back in the olden days, I know he's still doing it because what he has done to come to this earth manifest as a human. What God can do that? When you know that, you have faith. Because that's all you need to know to understand that's all you need to go on. <laughs> if you don't know Jesus, you don't have faith. You are just being obedient to the word of God. I'm trying to teach here. I'll get you, I'll, I'll get you revved up in a, little in a second if that's what you want. I'll get you revved up in a second. Don't worry. But I, but I want you to get this in your soul because what happens a lot of times is we go to church and you leave and say, man, that was a great service. And then somebody say to you, what did he talk about? What did he talk about? Girl, he said something about faith. <laughs> if that's what you're saying to them, you know what it means? You never got anything because you can't even explain anything. All you, all you felt was good emotions. And that's great. But only the teaching can sustain you when you receive it. So I hope that I can teach enough in this church that you can be sustained from the teaching. It will be your foundation. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know Jesus, you don't have faith. You can obey him and not know him. You can obey the word of God and not know him. 
Because a lot of people have obeyed the word of God and really didn't know him. And today they're struggling to live for Christ because all they did was obey him. Because somebody told them, if you don't live for Jesus, if you don't get, give your life to Jesus, be born again, you're going to hell. Somebody told them that. And when somebody told them if they didn't surrender their life to Jesus, they're going to hell. They said, well, how do I surrender my life to Jesus? And somebody says, well, you need to get baptized. All of that is true. But the person didn't tell them, but you got to know Jesus at some point. That's what was missing. So obedient or obedience is great. But at some point in time, you're going to need faith to have the knowledge of who he is. At some point in time, you need to have faith because that's what will make you continue on this journey. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. The good news is if you're being obedient to the word of God at some point in time, you'll receive faith. Because why? Faith will come to you. You don't have to go run after it. So by being obedient, faith will come to you and you will receive faith. Here is... In the Bible, for so often, for so long, I should say, most people, when you told them to give you the definition of faith, they went to the text that I started out with today. Hebrews chapter 11. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And my question usually after they read that is to say, well, what does that mean? And they start to go into this diatribe about what it means, but they never really could explain it clearly because... It's just the description of faith, but it's not faith. And so I want you to have faith, the knowledge of God, because this is what tells us what faith is in Second Peter chapter one, verse one through three. So here is where it tells us what faith is. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Stick with me, Mr. Brantley. To them that have obtained like precious faith with us. Through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The key, tech, the key portion of the scripture there, to them that have obtained faith like we have. So the apostle is saying, I'm talking to you all that have received faith like we, the apostles, have. That's who I'm talking to. Then he jumped down to verse 2 and he says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you. How will grace and peace be multiplied unto you? Look at it, Brother Sam. Through knowing God. Grace and peace will be multiplied unto you through knowing God, who is Jesus Christ, manifest in flesh. That's how you will experience multiplication of grace and peace. Three, according as his divine power had given unto us, his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. I asked the church this morning at 9 a.m., I say, what can you think of as a person existing in this world? What can you think of that is outside of life and godliness? Can you describe another existence outside of life and godliness? 
Because if you're living life without Christ, you're still living life. If you're living life in Christ, you're living a life of godliness. So the question we have to ask ourselves, what exists outside of that? And the answer is nothing. So let me reread this for you. According as his divine power had given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. How will you get all things that pertain unto life and godliness? How can you achieve that? How can you experience all things that pertain to life and godliness? You do that through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So when you have the knowledge of him, you have faith because you have all things that you need. He will work it all out. We, we make the mistakes when we think that we, we work in something out when God was really the one working it out in the background. And so when you know who he is, I said it this morning that some of us might pray the prayer and say, God, you know, I want me a friend that I can really confide in and we can talk to. Can, can you give me a friend like that, Lord? And, and guess what? He sent someone along and you two kind of started hitting it off and started working together. And all of a sudden you think you did it. No, God, you, you asked him for him to help you with that. So he is constantly orchestrating what's going on. So everything we need is in him. You don't, there's nothing you need that's outside. Spouse is in him. Children is in him. Uh-huh. Everything you need is in him. The food you eat is in him because he was the one when he brought Adam on the scene, the garden was already existing. Animals was there. He is the one that's responsible for everything that you need. Oh, my God, church, are we getting this? That almighty God who became man is the one that's responsible for everything we will ever need. He can supply all of our needs according to his riches in glory. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that provides. There is nothing we need that Jesus cannot give to us. Everything we need is in Christ. That's why we need to know him. And when we know him, we have received faith. Everything is in him. And I believe, and I'm sure the scripture backs me, we can't live for God the way we need to live for God because we have very limited understanding and knowledge of him. Our knowledge of Christ is so minuscule, so little, so small. That we can't live for God the way we need to live for him because we don't really know. Some of it is just because we are rejecting knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge. And so we're rejecting the knowledge of who he is and we're perishing because we're rejecting faith. And we blame it on all kind of things. We're not living for God because we're rejecting faith. Remember. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. So we reject faith and still think we should please him. And then when we can't please him, we just walk away from him or just live the way we want and say, hey, well, if God was God or if God was real, he knew this, he knew that. And why didn't he do this? First of all, stop playing God. Let God be God and do what he's going to do. 
So stop playing God. That's the first thing. But the second thing is maybe you need to get more knowledge of who he is. So we need to pray. Increase my faith, Lord. That's what the disciples said. Increase our faith. And so if our faith is increased, guess what? We will know him more and we will stick with him realizing all that we need is in him. And I'm going to stick with him till the end. He is the beginning. So when we try to escape him in the middle, we're going to have to meet with him again. I feel the Holy Ghost, Lord, the Holy Ghost is talking to my heart. We try to escape him in the middle. And don't realize at the end, we're going to have to meet him. We met him at the beginning. I remember when, when my kids are born, you get to see the real power of God. You stick around for the kids to be born and you realize the whole process. Nothing exists. Big belly exists. Birth exists, and these things coming out like real people. And, and, then, and, then, and then after that, they become big old people like us. And you're like, what in the world? Nothing exists? Then belly? Then real people come out? Babies? Eh, can't take care of themselves? And then all of a sudden, they become big like us. Give me the car keys. If you don't think there's a God, man... He exists in our beginning because he always exists. He's there from our beginning. He's there in the middle and he's there in the end. And if you will know God, have faith, you will realize there is no place I can go without him. There's nothing I can do outside of him. And so I just need to go ahead and surrender everything to him. I just need to go ahead and live for him. I just need to go ahead and please him. Because there's nothing that exists outside of him. Try to escape him. Some of our kids that we raised up in church, I would love to, I hear some of their stories, but some they keep back from us. I hear a little bit of it, but some they keep back from us. Because this is what I know. I'm not on the scene, but I know because I know my God. And I know that they have had some experience where they know it's because of their connection with him why they didn't get messed up like this. <laughs> I wasn't there. I don't know how it went, Ethan. You know how it go. Joe, you know it. I don't know. But I guarantee you got a couple of stories that says, yeah, God got me out of that one. Because you can't go outside of God. We're, we're silly to think that we can exist outside of God. We can't exist. Outside of Imran, we can't. Now we can fool ourselves to think that we are existing outside of him and just kind of do whatever we want. And all it really means is you're rejecting faith. That's all it means. You're not existing outside of God. You're rejecting faith, which means you can't please him, which means you're in a lot of trouble. Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 verse 17 says, who is the image of the invisible God? The firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether there be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him 
and for him. Do you realize you were created for him? So how are you living? How are you living? Maybe that's what we need to say when we see people. How are you living? For him or not for him? Because you were created by him for him. How are you living? Verse 17. And he is before all things. And here's what I've been telling you. And by him, all things consist. It didn't say by him, some things consist. By him, all things consist. So what you want to do, you think you're going to be different from everything else? And you're going to consist outside of him? No. You just decided to reject faith. And so you're doing what you want because you rejected faith. And so now you think that you're outside of him, but you can't get away from him. Because everything consists in him. So, my title today is this. So you have faith. If you didn't have it before you came in here, you got it now. So, you have faith. What now? So you have faith. What now? As a matter of fact, how about you just kind of elbow your neighbor and say, so you have faith. What now? Mm -hmm. So you have faith. What now? That's where the challenge begins. My question to you today is this. So you have faith. Prove it. You say you have faith. Prove it. You say you have faith. Prove it. We like to walk around, I got faith. Prove it. That's being mean, preacher. Why are you telling us we got to prove it? God is a good God. He don't tell you that kind of stuff. Man, preachers, y'all be mean. Y'all be preaching stuff that God don't want y'all preach. Not this preacher. Throw it up on the screen, Sister Patrice. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21. I try to preach what God said. What did I say up there? I didn't say it. So you have faith. Prove it. Talking to everybody in this room today. Me, you, and everybody. Because we walk around, we like we don't we don't want to believe that we might not have faith or we are rejecting faith. We don't want to believe that. Well, if you ain't proving it, you might don't have faith. Because we got to prove that we have faith in God's eye. We got to prove we've got faith in the eyes of the Lord. Guess what? And God is a God of, I will show you. A lot of people go back and forth about they don't have to talk in tongues when they receive the Holy Ghost. I can just feel it. I know I have the Holy Ghost. Some people say that. That's not what the scripture teaches. The scripture teaches that when they receive the Holy Ghost, they spoke with tongues. Part of the reason is God wanted prove. Prove. And the two ways of proving it is initially when you receive it, you speak with tongues. And then as you live your life, the fruit of the spirit begin to reveal that you do have the spirit. But God have ways to prove things. So the other way is you say you have the Holy Ghost. And guess what happens? If no fruit 
is shown in your life. If there's no fruit, do you really have it? So you can tell me all you want, you've got it. If the fruit is not showing. Mm -hmm. The fruit of the spirit is love, in case you don't know. The fruit of the spirit is love. All the other descriptions are descriptions of what you will see because of love. Gentleness and goodness and faith and all that stuff. So, so we be thinking that, you know, we got, no, no, no. If you really have the fruit of the spirit, which is love, you will see all the other things that the scripture teaches about the fruit of the spirit. So if you say you have the Holy Ghost, I need to see the fruit. Prove all things. Uh-huh. Faith as a mere profession is vain. A lot of us like to say, I have faith. It is mockery. It does you no good by just having faith. Can you prove you have faith and not just profess you have faith? I'm here today to talk to somebody. I'm here to tell you today, you can't just profess that you have faith. You can't just say, I have faith. God is calling us individually and collectively as a people of God. is calling us to a place to say, if you have faith, I need you to prove it. I don't want you to just profess it. If you say you have faith, people must look in your life and say, yes, they have faith. You need to look at your life and say, yes, I have faith. That's what God is calling us to right now. We can only, we can talk but for so long. We we, we can just talk but for so long. At some point in time, God will call you on the carpet. You can't just continue to profess that you have faith and then there is no works. At some point in time, God is going to say, so you have faith. Now what? Will you begin to put works and deeds and actions behind your faith? Because you can't say you have faith and there is no works. God is calling us on the carpet. When we come to church and we just sit, it's not demonstrating faith. James chapter 2, verse 14. We're getting close to closing. What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he had faith and have not works? Can faith save him? You can't be saved by just having faith because faith is knowledge of who God is. Having that knowledge is not good enough. For the person that had the millions of dollars in the bank account, if it just sits there, what good is it? We can use 1.7 of it. Just saying. Just saying. James chapter 2 verse 17. Even so, faith, if it had not works, is dead being alone. You can't say, I'm saved because I have faith. This is why it's erroneous for some people. What they, you know, they, they say, I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he died and rose. That's a profession. That, that's you professing something. That's you speaking something. That's not you doing something. So in order to be saved, you got to do something. 
So once you possess faith, now when you, you when the word of God come to you and pre, Peter preached the word on the day of Pentecost, they were pricked in their hearts. And then they did something. Well, let me finish up what James is saying here. James chapter 2, verse 17, verse 18 right now. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Mm-hmm. Thou believest that there is one God. You do well. But that's having faith with no works. So you have heard clearly today, I've taught you that God Almighty is one. Jesus Christ is God Almighty manifest in flesh. One God. And so you have that. You do well. You do well. But look at this. The devils also believe and they tremble. If you don't do anything with the knowledge that you have of God, you ain't no better than the devils. The devils are better than you. John, the devils tremble because they know there's one God. So they're doing something because they know it's one God. They're, they're moving because they know it's one God. It's action. It's amazing how this is in the scripture that the devils believe that there's one God and tremble. It's amazing that it's in there. First of all, it's there to tell us even the devil know there's one God. Even the devil will know there's one God. So if the devil knows there's one God, we better know there's one God. Because the devil was in his presence from the beginning. And if the devil knows there's one God, you better know there's one God. The devil knows it's one God. And so he says, I know there's one God. And they tremble. Action. It didn't say they scream. It didn't say they yelled. It didn't say they smirked or they laughed. It says they believed there's one God and they began to shake. Action. Faith without works is dead. And so even the devil who has no hope demonstrate what true faith is, which is to know that there's one God and do some works. Now, my question to us today is now that we know there's one God, what are we doing? Now that we know there's one God, do we just voluntarily worship God? Do we voluntarily praise the Lord? Do we begin to just give him honor in the life that we live now that we know there's one God? Are we doing that or we're going to let the devils outdo us? Listen, the devils are not going to heaven. Their fate is already done and written. The devils are going in the lake of fire and they don't have any hope. Me and you, you and I, we have hope and now we must do something with the faith that we have received. I'm going to take it down here. Close it out. I don't know if I'm helping you today. Verse 20 says, But will thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? The Bible calls this vain. If we only have faith without any works, we're vain. If we just come to church and do nothing, the Bible says we're vain. If we just show up and do nothing, if we just live our life saying, I believe without showing the works of God, the Bible calls us vain. 
in Acts chapter 2, when they received faith, they did something about it. Acts chapter 2, verse 37. Remember in verse 36, it says, Know assuredly that the same, that God that you have crucified, that uh, uh, Jesus that you have crucified is both Lord and man, meaning Almighty God and Messiah. And so you have crucified him. They have received the knowledge of who God is. Here's what they say in verse 37. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Well, the good news is I've been telling you what to do. Worship the Lord. I've been telling you what to do. Praise the Lord. I've been telling you what to do. Pray. Read your Bible. Be a witness. Tell people about Christ. Serve in the church. Do something because you have the knowledge. You have faith. Do something with it. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. When you receive faith, the proper response is by responding with actions of righteousness. When you receive faith. You respond with the actions, the deeds of righteousness when you receive faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7 through 9 says, By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by can you imagine Noah saying, I have faith. And when God tell him, well, go build an ark because I'm going to let it rain. Even though it never rained before, I'm going to let it rain. I'm going to build an ark. I want you to build an ark. Can you imagine he had faith, John, and just went, yeah, Lord, I believe. I believe. And just stick with I believe. Where would we be today? Verse 8, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after received for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out. You see all of these things I'm pointing out? Everything I'm reading, once they received faith, they, they were moved by their faith. Do you have faith? Because if you do have it, you're supposed to be moved in righteousness because you have faith. But if you're not moved, you're going to have to challenge yourself and ask yourself the question, do I really have faith or have I just been saying it all these years? receive an inheritance obeys he went out and did uh, what the lord knowing whether he went he didn't know where he was going but he went by faith he should join in the land of promise as a, as in a strange country dwelling in tabernacle with isaac and jacob the heirs with him of the same promise what do i say this morning that you go you want to know everything that god is doing and a lot of us have been stuck in bad situations, we've been stuck where we are because, guess what? We want to know. And that might very well mean you don't have faith. If you think you have to know what God is doing for you to do something, you might not have faith. Because if you knew him, you would know, I don't have to know. 
If you knew him, you would know he knows all things. If you knew him, you would know he loves me and he has the best plan for my life. If you knew him, you will know that if he asked me to do something, command me to do something, I need to do it. If you knew him. Because you would know he calls you the apple of his eye. You would know that. So you wouldn't be wondering, I've been stuck in this situation for so long and I don't even know. And God knows and blah, 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 blah. I'm not saying that some things in some situations is not like discouraging because it's been happening for a long. I'm not saying that it's, that, that, that doesn't happen. All I'm saying is when you make that statement, you just finish it up by saying, but God knows. And in his time, he will work this thing out because I'm going to have faith and I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to have faith and I'm going to make sure my deeds and my action prove I have faith. So God knows and I'm sure he will do what he wants to do when the time comes because I have faith. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction by the people of God. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. That's a powerful text right there, especially in this day and age. Rayon, listen to what it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 25. I'll read it again. It says, well, let's read the whole thing, 24 and 25. By faith, always the key, faith. When Moses was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. They were loaded, Rayon. You live in the house, your bedroom was a mansion. You wore gold this and gold that and gold this and your clothes were the most expensive. You had the best car. And like I said, back then it probably was a chariot. The best chariot with chrome wheels and all of that stuff. But the bottom line was you was living better than anybody else that walked the earth if you were the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Means Pharaoh was your uncle. If Pharaoh was your uncle, you was the you you lived better than anybody back then. But the Bible says Moses decided, I'm good. I'm not gonna identify as Pharaoh's nephew. I will rather suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy pleasures of sin for a season. Let me see if you got faith now for real. Because we know how to make sure the pleasures that we desire, we know how to intertwine it with the things of God to still do them. And God, I've been saying this, I feel, I feel like God just is keeping me on this because we, we, we must be doing it someplace in our life. We can't mix God with sin we can't mix god with the world god stands alone and he will not get intertwined with anything other than righteousness and holiness but somehow we're trying to mix god with right with, with, with worldliness and sin and god will not have any of that and so moses had faith and know that god will not be mixed with anything but righteousness and holiness so moses says in order for me to have god I'm going to have to abandon these people. I'm out. I'm out. We're struggling in this world to live for God. Oh, man. Maybe, maybe I should have just preached that text today. Because all of our excuse of why we need to live how we want to live. Right there. Right there. 
Stop choosing to live the way you want as opposed to living the way God said you need to live because we were created by him and for him. And if Moses, who would have lived a way better life than you, could ever imagine, if Moses chose to live for God as opposed to living in Pharaoh's house in sin, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? Moses says, I'd rather go suffer affliction with the people of God than to live in the house of Pharaoh enjoying the pleasures of life. The pleasures of sin is what he called it. Hebrews 11.31, by faith the harlot Rahab perish not with them that believe not. When you don't believe, when you don't have faith, you will perish. When she had received the spies with peace. James chapter 2 verse 22, 21, James chapter 2 verse 21 and 22. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac, his son, upon the altar? Seest thou now faith wrought with his works? And by works was faith made perfect. So you have faith. Now what? Titus, stand with me. Titus chapter 1, verse 16. It says here in the scripture, in Titus chapter 1, verse 16, look at what it says. They profess that they have faith. I know it says that they know God, but that's faith. They profess that they know God, but in their works, they deny him. So if you have faith, what kind of works are you putting forth? It went on to saying, here are the works that they put forth, which proved they didn't have faith. They were abominable, disobedient, unto every good work, reprobate. Many are professing to have faith, but in their works, deny him. We can say many are professing to have faith, but in their works, prove they don't really have faith. Because if our works is not works of righteousness, we are not proven that we have faith. Your faith must be followed by works of righteousness for you to be considered a true believer. Faith will cause you to do the deeds, works of righteousness, not unrighteousness. When we do unrighteousness, our faith is waning. Our faith is wavering. So you have faith. What kind of works are you doing that prove you have faith? What kind of righteous works are you doing that prove you have faith? Let's prove we have faith right now. Let's start walking by faith and not just walk around professing we have faith. Oh, I go to church. Some people we encounter when we go door knocking, they're quick to tell you they go to church. And because I know going to church is a whole different ball game than having faith. I smile when they tell me that. And I try my best to show love by asking, well, what do you do in the church? Did you become a part of the church? Because it's one thing to go visit the church. It's a whole different ball game to be a part of the church. Uh huh. 
If we say we have faith and we've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm just saying, you say you have faith. You say you have faith. If you've never been baptized, why? That's a righteous work of salvation. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Since you say you have faith, how are you living? There's some people that have strayed away from God. I'm talking to somebody right now. There's somebody or some of us that have strayed away from God and are indulging in ungodly and worldly lifestyle. But you have faith. Prove you have faith. Because when you prove you have faith, you're going to begin to do the works and deeds of righteousness and no longer the works and deeds of worldliness and sin. If we have faith, we should never come in the house of the Lord and not worship God. If we have faith, we should never come in the house of the Lord and not praise the Lord. If we say we have faith, there's no way we should have faith and just stay still, stand around and do nothing. Listen, I'm preaching God's word. I'm not trying to call anybody out. I'm trying to help you because I know what God's word says. And there's somebody viewing us right now that's a part of our service. You have faith. What now? You have faith, but you've never been born again. You have faith, but you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost. You have faith, but you're not serving in the church. Do you really have faith? And the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Somebody help me today. Respond to God's word. Don't be embarrassed. Don't feel like, well, I don't want anybody looking at me. We got to get over that. Because in order for all of us to go to heaven, somebody's going to be looking at us. Because all of us must go the same way. All of us have to repent of our sins. All of us must be baptized in the name. All of us must be filled with the Spirit. All of us must live righteous and holy. All of us must serve the Lord. All of us. So why would I even worry about somebody looking at me? Because if you do all of that, you're going to be looked at. Let's lift our hands to the Lord and let's talk to him. Let's surrender our life. Let's 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 demonstrate faith right now before we walk out of this building, before we end our service today. Let's demonstrate faith. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that I did your will today. I pray, almighty God, that, Lord, everything you wanted me to say, that, Lord, I was able to convey it with clarity to the people of God. Lord, we want to truly please you. And we know, almighty God, we can only please you by faith. And so today, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, I pray that we will not just profess, that we will no longer just profess that we have faith, but in works, indeed, we will demonstrate our faith. Oh, God, have your way in our heart. 
Have your way in our thought. Have your way, Lord God, in our life. For God, we just don't want to pro- just profess that we have faith. But we want to, oh God, demonstrate that we have faith. We want to prove that we have faith, Almighty God. And today I pray that there will be a sweeping of your spirit upon every person in this room, upon every person that are viewing and a part of this service via live stream, that you will move on them in a special way, that you will break every invisible chain that had them bound, that you will set them free from captivity and every stronghold in their life. I pray, Lord God, that you will loose it, that they can be free to exercise their faith, that they can be free, Lord God, to show that they have faith, Almighty God. Today, Lord Jesus, I pray that there will be a change that will happen in our heart, in our soul, in our spirit, that we will, oh God, experience a revival in our heart, that we will experience, oh God, a renewing of the Spirit of God in our life, and that faith will be executed, will be demonstrated because Lord, to just have the knowledge of God is not enough, but we must do something because of the knowledge, because of the revelation because you have revealed yourself to us we must do something Lord, I refuse to be like the devils I refuse to be worse than the devils, I want to be the child of God I want to be what you desire me to be. We want to be who you call us to be. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Today, Almighty God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will help us, that you will touch us, that we will be moved, oh God, into a new dimension in you, never ever to be the same again. Oh God, have your way. Oh God, have your way. Oh God, save us, for we will walk towards you. We want to experience true faith, Almighty God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Somebody lift your hands unto the heavens. Somebody lift your hands and open up your mouth and worship the King of Kings. And worship the Lord of Lords. And praise the Lord Jesus Christ. For He alone is Lord. For He alone is Lord. He alone deserves your praises. He alone deserves your worship. He alone deserves to be honored above all else. Oh, Father, have your way. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. The Lord is great and greatly to be praised. Somebody bless His name. Somebody praise His name. Oh, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Come on, bless the Lord. Come on, praise Him. Come on, bless His name. He alone, He alone is worthy. Love Jesus today. Do what God has called you to do. Exercise your faith and not just profess your faith. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, he's worthy. He's worthy. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Do me a favor. Let the Word of God, let the Word of God instruct you that you will become a doer 
of this word. Don't let this word slip past you today. Hold on to this word. Hold on to this word. Listen to me. Before I came up here this morning to minister, God dropped the thought in my spirit. And I hope you get this before you leave. God dropped this thought in my spirit this morning that my people in their worst conditions is usually when they reach out to me. In their worst conditions is when they reach out to me. And when things are okay, they ignore me. There's a reason why God allowed There's a difference between God bringing something on us or God allow something to come on us. Because God says, all things work for good to them that love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. And he will allow things to come in your life so these things could work for his good. For you. And so it's important that you don't wait for a situation to happen before you reach out to God. Because for some of us, the situation can possibly push us further away from God. You don't really know how you will ever respond. I remember, he spoke to me when I said it. I was challenging my spirit this morning over there. Because when Corona hit hard, In this area, March, mid-March to end of March, April, when we were battling Corona at its peak, I felt something different in my spirit than I do now. I had to check myself this morning. My passion, my zeal, the things that I felt like was going on on the inside was a little bit different. And I made myself nervous this morning. Like, am I, am I being a little laxed here? Because I feel like we're out of the weeds a little bit. And so I want you to take notice of that in your life. Are you a little lax? Because things are just okay for you. It's not that bad. Because that's not what God called us to do. God called us to have faith. And faith don't have a season. Faith is what we live in and walk in. So faith is continual in our life, which means we respond by faith in every way in our life. So don't let this message escape you today because things are okay. It's not that bad. Hold on to the word of God. So you have faith. What next? God bless you. I love you. Have a wonderful afternoon. Good to be with you. Good to have you here. Have a wonderful day in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Be safe. Remember, one way out. One way out.